Hey, it's Justin Moore, host of Creator Debates. I get a lot of DMs and emails from folks saying, hey, Justin, do you only help social media creators get sponsorships? And the answer is, of course, no. I help everyone regardless of where you've built your influence. Could be a newsletter, could be a podcast, could be a conference. And in fact, today I'm sharing a real sponsorship coaching call that's gonna help all of you who don't dance on TikTok. Before we get started with this episode, I'm curious, are you looking to land more brand partnerships? Because I have a free weekly report that's gonna get you paid. The Creator Wizard newsletter will help you find which brands and companies are sponsoring creators, pitch more effectively, get paid more money on each partnership, and immediately get better looking and tell funnier jokes, probably. Join 30,000 creators and sign up at creatorwizard.com slash join. That's creatorwizard.com slash join. This is a problem, Philip, because you have prescribed me a solution without knowing my problems. I'm giving some tough love to a creator named Philip here, but he's not just a creator. He also runs a gigantic conference that makes hundreds of thousands of dollars on sponsorships. And he's having a problem that many creators experience at one time or another. His sponsorship deal flow has slowed down. It seems like there's a, a lower energy toward coming to our event to meet with creators. I'm not sure why. But here's the problem. The first few years of building a business can be incredibly exciting, right? As you gain momentum, the sponsorships come thicker and faster. The paychecks just keep getting bigger. But what happens when that momentum slows down? And most importantly, how can you adapt your strategy to make brands want to sponsor you again? To answer that, I'm taking you inside Philip's actual sponsorship strategy. We're dissecting every move he makes, every step he takes. Oh. Sorry, that was something else. So you know exactly how to update your strategy at a time when brands are not as willing to sponsor you as they were before. So by the end of this, you'll know how to create bespoke sponsorship packages that two to three X your revenue, what brands actually set aside their budget for, and the one thing you need to delete from your website immediately that's losing you money. There may be kind of a, a reckoning of sorts with like maybe it means stopping certain things. Hey, Justin, um, Philip Taylor. I am the founder of ptmoney.com as well as FinCon. I've been running both those businesses for 15 years now, it seems like. And I'm looking forward to this call so we can talk about how we structure our sponsorship at the conference. If we have time, I'd love to talk to you about this, the sponsorship opportunities at my blog as well. Then I think probably most important and timely for the this call is the fact that we're two months out from the conference. So we have some sponsorship opportunities left. And I'd love to talk to you about how to maximize, you know, getting those into the hands of good brands uh, leading up to the event. So I know that's a lot to talk about probably in this short amount of time, but I know you're the expert and you could probably help slice and dice it for me. Love it. All right. So give me a little bit of context on how your business has evolved over the years. It sounds like um, oftentimes uh, I like to because it sounds like you've got a personal blog. You've got this conference. So you're, I, you know, near and dear to my heart a little bit because my wife and I have personal channels as well as other business ventures and stuff like that too. So I was wondering if you just first, you could talk about how to, how you balance that. Obviously you're driving income from both places, but like wh where is your priorities generally in terms of your own uh, income diversification. Sure. Uh, so the blog was my exit from corporate life. So I'm a CPA, former accountant, 
corporate finance guy. But the blog came along in 2007, became a part-time gig for me for a while. Then I took it full-time in 2010. And so it was a full-time income for me, which was great. I love blogging. I love everything that goes along with that, the affiliate marketing, the campaign work. I love being a creator and talking about personal finance. A year after I took that full-time, I was so into talking to other bloggers and connecting with other creatives in that personal finance community. And we really didn't have an event for ourselves. And so that's what FinCon came along. It was this response to me wanting to basically talk to my peers, get together with them and, and kind of gather around uh, our own conference. Because I was going to marketing conferences, I was going to finance conferences, but there was really nothing like FinCon at the time. And so I uh, came up with the idea and got sort of the blessing from some people in the community to kind of host it and put it on. And so ever since that point, it's been a little bit of a yin and yang between those businesses back and forth. Sometimes we have great years on the blog and I don't need the conference. It's sort of a secondary thing. It's great to have community grow helps me, you know, to have a second source of income. But then by year 10 of the conference, I mean, the thing had just grown tremendously. So it really outpaced the blog in terms of revenue, top line revenue. Um, and so now it is the big driver. Uh, the blog is still something I hold on to and I still, you know, in terms of revenue, I'd probably say it's a tenth of what the conference produces in a top line revenue sense. So if, okay. the, if the if the conference is doing a million, it's doing a hundred thousand. Okay, it's super helpful because I think a lot of times as creators, like sometimes we we hold on to our darlings for a really long time. Um, and may not be allocating the right amount of concentration and focus to the things that really matter. I'm not saying that's the case with you. I'm just saying like, I, it's helpful to understand both like revenue buckets in terms of like contribution to your own income, because it is a factor. It is a factor generally sure. in terms of focus, you know? It is, it is a focus thing. And I do have to be careful with that. You're right. The main benefit of me keeping PT money going has always been, it's a great lead driver for conference sponsorships. So I get tons of pitches every day for me to write about products and services on ptmoney.com because it yep. does 2,000 unique visits a day organically from search. And so people want to me to mention them on, on that blog. And so then I turn around and say, okay, here's a campaign we could work together. Do you have an affiliate program? Oh, and by the way, I run a conference. Maybe we could do you know, that sponsorship as well. So that's a lot of the reason I've, I've kept mm. it going, you know, um, so, sort of naturally works within the deal flow of those mm. partners. It's, I'm talking to the same, same people. It's totally, totally legitimate. And I mean, it's, it's a great lead, lead gen source. And so I, I hear that. Let me ask you this, have most of your sponsors for FinCon come from inbound leads in that way? Or have you done much proactive outreach, uh, like cold? Yes, through the years, we started doing more cold outreach. Now we have a full-time salesperson who that's all he does. He does cold outreach. Occasionally, we'll give him inbound leads if we don't have time, myself and the conference organizer. If we don't have time to kind of work on it, we'll give it to him to work on, to work on that lead. Um, so yes, we have a full-time person. Walk me through the value proposition for both attendees as well as the pitch for sponsors. Like, How do you tell that story? So for attendees, I would say it's the place you can come and meet all your peers under one roof. That the, that's the big sell is the networking component. Uh, personal finance content creators are a unique creature because we're the folks who aren't afraid to talk about money. When the West, rest of the world generally considers it still a taboo topic, we can really talk to each other about it. And also, we also understand that 
collectively we're needed to solve this money problem. Like one individual hasn't done it yet. The Dave Ramseys of the world, the Susie Ormans of the world haven't conquered everyone's money problems. And so that's the proposition is that we can come together collectively, we can do more and come meet the money nerd friends. The additional proposition, which has always been very important to me, is you can come there, you can meet with brands and you can sell yourself and your content platform to them make deals, set up affiliate relationships, do campaigns. And so consider it a business. It's a B2B conference, really, because the brands will be there and you'll be getting a chance to to talk to them. And so the on the inverse side for the brands, it's a chance for financial services brands, things like banks, brokers, credit cards, insurance companies, credit companies. These folks want to come and get these creators to then talk about them on their platforms, whether it be through a campaign uh, whether it be through affiliate marketing platform or just organically uh, to learn about their products and services. We have fintechs who come, early stage uh, startups who come and participate up to legacy banks. And so we just love, we would love more of those. We'd love more on the yeah. cre- the creator side and we'd love more brands. How, you know, how do we get more of those pieces? Because again, the sell is a little bit about the idea that everyone is there. And so if everyone's mm-hmm. there, it's not as valuable. So how do we get everyone there and have that mm-hmm. sense of when you walk in the room, it's like, okay, this is the personal finance online community. They're all here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a lot of different things I want to talk about here, but um, let's let's nail the, the sponsorship uh, puzzle here. Walk me through to date, like have sponsor slots filled more quickly? in the past and do you think that's related to like economic factors or something or like what like where are you at if you're comfortable sharing like where are you at right now and like why why'd you book this call it sounds like there's something's awry and we got to figure this out so like what what would it be for you yes uh it seems like there's a, a lower energy toward coming to our event to meet with creators i'm not sure why and i'm not sure if it's our offering if we're too expensive if what we're putting the packages we're putting together aren't or if brands aren't valuing relationships with influencers as much as they have in the past. We grew every year up until 2019. No, you can guess what happened in 2020, 21 was the pandemic and that really hurt us. Um, but there's been an, another shift. I feel like in the sense that, you know, I feel like brands aren't, I feel like potentially they want more like guaranteed activation. So they want to spend their money on ads where they know convert to a certain percentage and they can sort of see that tangible. Whereas coming to our conference is a little more relational based. It's a little more touchy feely. You kind of got to get in the weeds and spend the time and invest. And it can be tactical too, but for the most part, it's about relationship building and people just, brands just don't seem to want to invest that much time in that anymore. Another factor is that we don't have as many influencers, as, as many, a large percentage of the collective of the influencers as we used to have. When I first started, I got the biggest blogger out there to come to the show, J.D. Roth from Get Rich Slowly. He came to the show and he's been a huge supporter of the event. I don't have the biggest podcaster. I don't have the biggest YouTuber anymore. Like those people don't come to our event on a regular basis. I don't have relationships with them. So this transition from blogger to these newer platforms has been a little bit of a challenge because I'm not necessarily dominant on them like I was as a blogger. Does that make sense? It does. So like on YouTube, on TikTok, et cetera, like the, yep. the people um, who are big on there. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pull an audible here, but I think it's, it would actually be kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so I want to do a real pitch pretending I'm a sponsor 
and I want you to kind of sell me on coming and sponsoring the event. And I think there's some lessons, you know, because I want to hear the pitch uh, because I think there's some things that we can learn out of it. Are you, would you be cool with that? Uh, I'm a little out of practice. We have the sales guy who does it now, but yes, I mean, and generally I can get, I can give it a shot. Sure. Yeah. All right. Love to see it. Okay. So, so, yeah. So Justin, uh, why are you interested in FinCon? Yeah. So, you know, Philip, so our product is we have a credit card that there it's for kids 13 and older. Um, it's like a debit card and, you know, we, we want to, you know, we created this product because we really believe it's really, it's important that, um, from an early age, people start developing good money practices. And we really feel like it's kind of a unique product in the market. The reason that we're, you know, interested in, in potentially having a presence at FinCon, first of all, we've never really sponsored many in-person events. Most of our advertising has been uh, just like paid, you know, Facebook ads and things like that. We we have a kind of a challenging situation because, because of the nature of what we, you know, we're not targeting kids obviously, or like kids that are 13, but more their parents, because those are the ones who will make the decision um, to ultimately buy the, um, you know, uh, get the card for their kid. And so, but really our main challenge, Philip, is, is awareness. Mm-hmm. Like we, we just, not enough people know about the fact that we have this product. And so I guess I'm curious, Curious, like from your perspective, how would sponsoring FinCon help uh, with with the awareness piece? Sure, sure, absolutely. I have a ton more questions about what your product offers because I have kids and it sounds very interesting. And I believe in empowering them with money at an early age because experience leads to uh, a more positive relationship with money. So I love that you're doing that. It sounds really interesting. Exposure to more creators in our space is certainly something we can help you do at FinCon. Does that look for you like more intimate relationships at the event where you're sort of uh, connecting one-on-one with folks? Or is it a bigger branding play where everyone is seeing, and the whole conference is seeing sort of a knowing? Or do you want it more of a targeted Uh, awareness campaign because we can do both we can shout you from the rooftops from the main stage all that or we can find the people at the event who are the exact perfect fit for you know what your offer does and and then they can ultimately fill form a relationship with you to then spread that to their audiences so we can do both Mm -hmm. i think it's important to know going in sort of what what's important to you Interesting. So yeah, we've never worked with creators at our company. Um, and, and actually, I'm kind of confused because I, I guess I just didn't realize that that was kind of the main attractor of like, it, it's actually creators who are attending. It's not, uh, it's not just like the everyday people who are interested in finance. So, so there, there would actually be a way for us to have a, a little army of, of creators out there talking about our product it sounds like that that's tell me more about that because i I didn't realize that was a possibility sure that's how that's how it happens in our industry so to speak so you have the opportunity to connect with folks who have audiences from you know tens to tens of thousands to millions and it's across a variety of platforms so it could be on a blog it could be on a on a tiktok channel and so these folks are touching consumers on a real daily basis and so at the event, you'll get a chance to interact with them and meet with them, form relationships, formal relationships, either through something like an affiliate marketing relationship or strike up some kind of campaign. We certainly have guides that we can equip you with leading into the event so that you sort of understand some of these things and, and see the models that are happening at the event and would kind of know that going in. But yeah, you'll have opportunity to meet with people. They'll typically share how they like to work with brands. Uh, but that's who comes to the conferences. We help thousands who are reaching millions, right? So we're helping the thousand creators right. that come to our event to 
to reach millions with their positive money message. And you can sort of insert yourself into that stream um, with the creators at the event. So walk me through what some of the sponsorship packages look like, like what, what's kind of the minimum investment or like what would, what would we get in return for that? Sure. So uh, our average spend for our conference is about $8,000, um, just to give you sort of the investment. Minimum spend for a booth would be around the $5,000 level. But we have a wide range of opportunities at the event, from simply exhibiting or having even just a table to meet with people, a guaranteed table with meeting slots to meet with creators, if that's all you wanted to do. If you want to just be very tactical, we could do that all the way up to an opportunity one or two, which includes a main stage uh, presence. Where we typically structure it within the deck, and if you turn to page three on the deck, you'll see we have our uh, our tier level sponsorships, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. And depending on what you spend with us, they push you up into these levels, and then you get additional benefits, uh, which are listed on that page. So what people tend to spend money on at our event is a place to exhibit, and typically a, a place to uh, meet with brand or meet with the creator. So having a dinner or event opportunity to get more intimate with a few. And then if they're interested in more broad, broadened brand play, they'll typically pick up something like the swag bag logo or the Wi-Fi sponsorship or something just to give them sort of broader appeal to the whole audience. Uh, that's it. That's there. So that's typically what, you know, a folk, a company like yourself would come in and do. We've had companies like Greenlight or Go Henry that are direct competitors of yours that have come to the conference before. And I can give you exactly what they did. You know, I can look back into the files and see what they've done in the past to kind of expose their brand to the community. Awesome. Well, thanks for that overview. Um, all right, let's take a pause there. Yep. Um, that was really good. You, you didn't seem rusty at all. A couple things that I picked up on, which sure. I think are important. Number one, you said if you turn to page three of some sort of like deck or proposal or something yep. um, that I have, this is a problem, Philip, mm. because you have prescribed me a solution without knowing my problems. Mm. And so if you have a deck of you know, bronze, platinum, gold, whatever, you've got the a la carte, they've got all these things. My serious recommendation would be to never do, don't do that in your sponsorship strategy. Because what I want to feel and hear as a sponsor is we have this initial, you or your, you know, your, your salesperson or your team has this initial uh, onboarding call or, or kind of discovery call with the sponsor. And they say, here's my exact issue. It's brand awareness. I don't want to see a list with all this, a lead list and like this and this, and that. I'm not interested in conversions. I'm interested in brand awareness. And so the proposal that I see all I want to see on there are brand awareness things. I want to be shouted from the stage. I want to be, you know, I like, like, the other thing too that I was thinking as you were talking is like, I've never worked with creators and you talked a lot about how I can have a booth and talk with creators and that petrifies me because I've never, I've never done that. And so for those sponsors, I don't know if you offer this or if this is something you do, but like, I want a package where I pay you hundred K and you execute the deal for me with five creators. I don't know if this is something you do, but like, this should be a service. This should be a service, a done for you option where the brand forks over a budget to you and you hand select, don't make them do the work. You hand select the five people that you think would be the best fit for, for you know, promoting their brand. And what a tremendous value proposition to be part of FinCon. If they know that as part of this, as part of attending and getting in the community, that they also may get brand partnerships on the other end of this. 
whether it's flat rate or affiliate deals. Uh, that's the first place my mind goes. And again, I don't know if you want to do that, but like, again, I'm thinking about value proposition from the sponsor's perspective. Like, cause again, the goal is like, get the name out there, get an army talking about us. I don't, I may not have a person to be there and sit at, a, at the booth at the table. So th those are all options that are serving you, not the sponsor. One of my main suggestions here is that I would potentially go and look at the way in which you're talking about the sponsor tiers on your website. If you already have it on there, I, actually I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to go on your sponsors section. Sorry. I'm going to like yep, yep. do this in real time. Yeah, Can please we do, do that. Yep. <laughs> Bring it up, share it if you'd like. Because, and because yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and ahead. you, you, you have, if you go to the sponsor page or become a sponsor page, you'll have to uh, click into the deck, which is at the bottom. Okay. So I'm on here. Um, oh, I, I just spoke at crafting commerce with angel. That's awesome. Nice. Um, uh, okay. So more details. Okay. It's 2023 sponsorship opportunities. Okay. So we've got, um, uh, what type of content are Finn Connors creating key sponsorships. Okay. You have to remove this page, dude. Which one? You have, you have to, you have to remove these pricing. Hmm. Every deal that you do should be bespoke. Gotcha. For sponsors. Okay. Where you say, I heard your problem. You told me that you're trying to accomplish this. Here is my bespoke solution to help you accomplish that problem. It's not any brand who wants to pay us 75K will get these things. Because one of the, the core tenets of what I teach is that brands do not have budgets to just pay random conferences or random creators who reach out, pitch them cold. Hey, you should be, you have a presence here. They have money for their own initiatives. So in this initiative for the pitch that we just role played, they had a brand awareness issue. Another brand might have a lead gen issue. This other brand over here might have this other challenge. They're now they're launching in the US and they need people, right? Quick reminder, if you wanna be featured in a public coaching call like this, you can book one using the link below. I don't know if you would ever do this, but like, let's say it's Coinbase or some crypto company that was like having regulatory or bad press around their company and they right. wanted to like, you know, reveal themselves to the industry as like they're, you know, they have approvals now and they want to do this. So they, it's more of a PR issue for them. Like I would be sending them a very different proposal of how we would integrate them into the conference than we would the person who is like the 13 and over debit card. And, and again, this is what, this is what I teach is like going and trying to do some proactive research to see what is going on in their world. In fact, let's do this in real time because I think this is interesting. Tell me, give me like two or three brands that you would love to have as sponsors for the conference. We would love to have American Express there. Why? They are a large consumer facing financial brand. They're also quasi small business solution. And I use their cards and they're not that I've seen really working that much with creators. And I know they could bring a lot of value with their solutions and their budget to our community and help a lot of the creators in our space. Okay, so what I'm doing now at the same time is I am doing a little bit of research into um, American Express's Instagram because I wanna understand what is going on in their world. Okay. Um, and so what I'm doing, I'm looking at some of their Instagram posts. So they just partnered with, uh, Equinox. That's like a perk. Um, they are okay. So like some sports stuff, uh, perks for the Hilton. Um, let's see, uh, they're doing, 
the NBA, WNBA game. Um, okay, more sporting events. Barbie, what is this? Um, okay, Andy Murray sports. Um, okay, golf is be- so T to green, US golf. So a lot of sports stuff. Um, so I'm looking for, what is this? Um, okay, Coachella. So they've got some interesting activations. Um, they're doing five questions uh, with cre- certain creators or, or celebrities here. Interesting. Um, not seeing much small business stuff now. However, one thing I want to do is, is your conference is towards the end of October, correct? One thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll back to last October on American Express's Instagram to see what what campaigns they were running last year. Okay, so this is my, oh, this is where I'd get. Well, I know they do their big up. small business Saturday right after uh, Black Friday. Okay, so shop small. That's their hashtag, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for for this type of thing, this is November twenty sixth, right? Like just like you said, and like you said, we are doing research. We're seeing what matters to them. Right. And so when we reach out with our pitch, it's not, hey, you should have a presence here because this is your community. This is your folks. It's, hey, I know that this is a big tentpole moment for Amex where, you know, you promote, you know, small business Saturday, hashtag shop small, whatever. We would love to be able to make a big splash about this big thing that's important to you at our conference. Here is how we can do that. Here's the bespoke package or how we can move the needle for you. Maybe, for example, one of the ways in which you do this is you say, as part of the sponsorship, we will have a dedicated videographer who will be there capturing behind the scenes footage of your booth and you you interacting with creators and all this stuff and you get this many you know assets you get videos you will give you you know short form content we'll give you blah 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 but that's part of this small you know hashtag shop small bundle or whatever so that you guys are ready to go you know to you repurpose all this content uh, on social in a month or two that's the pitch that the, the the title of the email is hashtag shop small X FinCon in 2023 question mark. And so the, the thrust is, Hey, I know every year you do this. Are you running it again this year? Right. And so this is, this is the insight. And this is the way um, that you're going to start unlocking some of the budgets because they have budget. This is what they have budget for. They have budgets for their own initiatives. They don't have budgets. that are just laying around discretionary, you know, for discretionary expenses. Right. Um, is this, is this resonating? hundred percent. Uh, I would I would push back with a couple of things and not necessarily okay. push back just for more context. I okay, agree with you and I love that strategy and we should be imploring that more, deploying that more. Um, we try to get as many partners as possible, not to make me more wealthy, although that is a byproduct okay. of it. We try to get folks there because we want it to be our marketplace, right? So we want okay. the creator to come and not just have one credit card company there. So we don't give away everything to American Express, and we can't do that at the event. We want to have all the car companies there so that the creator can then come and interact with them all. So it's a marketplace philosophy that we try to put forward. That doesn't necessarily go against what you share with me. It's just more context. We want it to be more of a marketplace setting versus – and so I think because of that volume – We've always been scared to try to do it more one-on-one because when we get in those one-on-one relationships, the brands like to sort of gobble up everything for the conference. And mm. that's really not what we're trying to do with our event. Um, okay. So, so so to be able to keep our, I guess, our boundaries up, it's easier mm-hmm. if we just have the offer and we have sort of the buy button. You know, we fix them into a particular thing. And I know that probably goes against us 
raising our top line. Um, I like what you're saying. Just wanted to share that context. It's helpful context. Uh, ready for a counter to that counter? Sure, bring it. Not only are you leaving a lot of money on the table with that strategy and just having an instant buy button, basically, but you're actually not serving your members because there's a better way to implement the marketplace that wouldn't tie it to sponsorships. What you could do is you could have... You could, you could make the decision that my our sponsorship strategy is that we are going to have a small handful of major sponsors. Maybe it's five, maybe it's six, and those are the ones that we allocate all, like all the budget will go to them, and they're the ones who will have the major presence there. But the rest of the sponsors, it's free. Anyone who wants to come will allocate or will figure out a way where it's either free or very low cost. And they have to pay their way, obviously. They have to buy tickets and all that stuff, too. But you will – you figure out a way to, like, allocate spaces and all that stuff, too. But that would make it so that you get way more brands who are there to try to, like, you know, give opportunities and deals to your, to your attendees and members. I don't know how that sits with you, but, like, that's an implementation. That's a version of that where it's less footwork for you. <laughs> you don't have to go out there and, you know, signing all these, like, 5, 8K deals, which are fine. They, they contribute to the top line. But, like – is it really serving you? Is it really serving your members in the way you want it to? I'm not so sure if like tying it, oh, you have to sponsor if you want to get in front of our members. No, like if it's a marketplace, everyone, let's go, come on. Like we'll, we'll get, not only will we have, a, we'll have a fixed amount of people that can be in person, but we've got this now, we've got this community now on, you know, a digital platform where we actually build it out. I know you have an element of this, right? Where that, that's a, um, you know, that's another thing that you can think. So I'll stop, but like, how does that sit with you? <laughs> uh, I, that's a new way to think about it. And I like that idea because you're right. The goal is to get them there. And frankly, with our current model, they're not there. And so we aren't serving our creators well because American Express isn't there. In fact, none of the card companies are there right now. And so my hesitation is coming across as like a free freebie conference. But I get the opportunity to be there, sort of have as long as you pay your way, like you say, and sort of have a, a place. I do know that certain brands sometimes say, well, if American Express is the lead sponsor, we're not even going to show up because we don't want to be second place to American Express. But I think it's in the positioning. It's like, well, you're not a second tier sponsor. You're just a part of our marketplace, which is a different opportunity. You're an attend, you know, it's, it's sort of being like an attendee sort of incognito a little bit, but I like, I because like that idea. Again, like, I think my read through is you're conflating the two things. You're conflating access to creators with sponsorship. And I don't think those two things should be conflated. I think that you have some high level, you know, sponsorship dollars that like, you know, go up to a handful of like title premium sponsors. That's fine. And then I still think you should have this like back end white glove done for you service where if a brand wants to activate 250 K or hundred K or whatever, Hey, we have that capability. We'll hand select the creators for you. You know, you've been a creator for a long time. So you know how you could probably, you know, have someone on your team or help shepherd these campaigns uh, together because if you're able to unlock brand partnership, like branded content dollars as part of the conference, that's often a whole nother budget. Right. That's different than conference experiential right. budgets. Yep. And we, and I know we have agencies come into the conference who do that. And so mm -hmm. we've just been sort of happy to let them sort of be in those positions, but you're right. I do think there's a place for us to step in and do that because we're already having these conversations when it comes to sponsorships and then it would just keep us in constant conversations and for us to be a solution for these folks 24 seven versus, um, just once a year. However, sponsorship 
sales for a conference and agency running are really two different businesses. And so that's mm-hmm. can kind of been my hesitant hesitancy for doing that. But yeah, um, I got you. Well, okay. Again, you just told me your conference represents 90% of your income. So my top priority would be what are all the ways in which I can serve both my attendees and my sponsors? And, you know, that would be maintaining a really vibrant community throughout the year, you know, when the conference isn't happening. Right. Um, you know, like you said, I think one of the one of the chief reasons why I, I'm pitching this is that your goal is like more deal flow for your members and people associated with your community. That's really important. So what do we need to do? What what obstacles do we need to remove to make that happen? That's number one. Um, and then the second thing is like, what do we need to do to solidify your conference, not just as the best conference for people to network and make deals and all this stuff too, but like they actually pay me. Uh, they actually bring me business. They bring me deals. Like, of course I'm going to be there. That's the conference where I get deals. Like that's where my mind goes. It's like, how, how can we engineer a structure here where it's like everyone's winning here? Um, and the economic incentives are aligned too, you know? Yep. 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 I like that. If you were me and you had two months left, to knock out as many partnerships as you can between now and the event, what would you be doing? How would you be spending your time? I wouldn't be thinking about how can I knock out as many as I can. I, I would thinking about like, how can I get like one or two gotcha. <laughs> to like okay. take up most of the budget probably gotcha. because the, the, the likelihood of you being able to nail down 10 deals or something in the next eight weeks is like unlikely, I would say. So I would, I would concentrate on like a short list of like people who I think have something relevant happening in the October, November timeframe or have some big important announcement that they just made that they want to spread the word about. I would, I would focus on those two, uh, those two things. I know it's not enough time to kind of restructure the way in which you have a conference and the marketplace and all that stuff too. And so in the short term, that's probably what I would be looking to do. But I, I, I really would shy away. And when you're, when your team is like sending, doing the cold outreach and all that stuff too, do not send that deck. Yeah. Do not send those things. Just try to, understand what's going on. It sounds like this is important and, and try and make it bespoke. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. Making, making, making it unique before we give it to them. Did you see anything in there in terms of pricing? Are we undervaluing our pricing? So let me, and I know you didn't get a chance up. to look at the deck before the call necessarily, but uh, it's, yeah. so it's kind of putting you on the spot, but yeah, let me, let me give you some quick, quick takeaways here. Okay. Um, page one of this deck should be a case study. Okay. I don't, give a crap about other like, yeah, okay. This is not, I like the demographics. I like all this, but that's the, in the appendix, dude, Mm -hmm. I want to see American express exhibited here. This was the results. Got it. That's what I care about. And critically that case study changes based on the brand's goals. Mm -hmm. So we have a branding case study and acquisition case study. Yep. I get it. Exactly. And so you send that to the, 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 the over 13 debit card you send them a brand, a branding, brand awareness case study. I don't care about lead lists. I don't want to see that in a deck. I don't care. I just told you that, right? Yep. So that's number one, okay. page, page one. That's what I want to see, okay? Yeah, I'll get some in, you know, info on this. Um, what type of content are Finn Connors creating? Um, real quickly, like, why don't I just hire an agency to, like, work with creators? Why do I have to go to FinCon? Like, like and then I might be, might, might be in some sponsor's heads. Like, why, why do I have to, like, outlay? this like big expense to like get, get a table in front of them. I'll just go hire an influencer agency to like forge these creator partnerships. Yeah. It's, it's the one, it's the, everyone's under one roof. You don't have to cold email. 
they're right there. You can have meetings with them. You can invite them to your event. So, so that's the reason to have a done for you solution. If that's your solution, do it for me. Mm. I don't want to have to do the legwork because if I hire an influencer agency, they're going to do the legwork for me. Yep. That's why I'm hiring them. If I want to work with creators, that's the most cost-effective way to do it as a sponsor. I think the positioning is wrong is is not right here, dude. Like like the what the value proposition that you want to pitch is like yes, like be getting in front of creators is going to be the thing, but I I'm not going to make you do the legwork. Like I'm going to do that for you. Got it. So so I just I want to make sure I say that because I think that's a really important point. Okay. In terms of the pricing, dude, like I don't this is not uh, surprising to me. This feels good to me. I think you should have a 200 K package yep. because American express <laughs> wants to make a big splash. So why is the top number 75 K? How do you know whether they were not willing to spend 500 K? Like you don't know, right? Unless you have a conversation with them. So you're, you're topping out at 75 K here for no reason at all. Like once they, they, you could get on a phone call with them and be like, Oh, thank the Lord. Philip, you're our savior. Um, we have these issues. We need this. We need content. We need, you know, we want to be positioned as brand advocates. We want blah, 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 blah. And then you design a bespoke proposal. And oh, by the way, you know, there's five packages. It's going to be 50K, 150K. You know, one thing to pass along to your team is in these conversations with these brands, you say, you know, typically what we like to do, this all was super useful information. Thank you, Amex. Um, what we like to do is put together a bespoke proposal of all the different ways in which we could help you achieve that objective at our conference. Um, typically, you know, we're going to see three, four different tiers. Can you let me know what those tiers should be from a budget feasibility perspective? That's what you say to Amex. You say, tell me what is realistic uh, and we'll put together a bespoke solution for you. Those conversations are uh, hard, but they uh, are hard. If you're only having to have five of them every year, it's easier. To, thank to you. Think about it that thank way. you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of course, if it's a volume play, then the goal is buy me. Click here. Use my stripe to check out and buy it. Right. But um, that's a very different model. It's a very different model. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So let, let's talk about the creator piece. Yep. Um, give me give me um, so kind of your, sort of, your yeah, concerns here. I sort of alluded to it uh, earlier. I'm a blogger. I come from that universe. That's what FinCon started as a blogger conference. I quickly noticed we had podcasters, YouTubers coming. So we shifted it to FinCon financial creator or content expo. Um, and so it's open to everyone. You don't have to be a blogger. You can be on any platform as we've made that shift. And there's more and more folks who are on those platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, we have lost a little bit of touch with them. And because I think part in that I'm not native to those platforms and they are, I feel like folks who are on camera naturally are sort of a different animal and they don't necessarily need a conference like a blogger needed a conference a few years ago. And so we just don't have them come to the event and I don't understand why. So we've thought about the idea of what we would consider like a, a hosted creator campaign or hosted creator opportunity where we essentially like handpick a few creators or they apply to be a part of it. And we pay for their conference pass, uh, some minimal expenses to come to the, to the event with the idea that they'll meet with brands, that they'll potentially cover the conference and, and include it in their content. Do you like that idea as a way to sort of get our community back going? Is there more of an organic play here that I could be doing? Um, I don't want to have to pay for necessarily the, our model for the conference breaks down if we do that too much. So we were built off of more of a community driven idea platform. It just doesn't seem like, those types of creators are interested in that as much. Okay. So 
perhaps this is as as part of this of the conversation around the restructuring of the conference and the ethos behind what you're trying to do, the marketplace, all that stuff. But if it was me, my top priority would be how can we position ourselves as content evangelists and content advocates for creators as FinCon. So we have creators that are creating content all year long under our FinCon handle. Maybe they are brand ambassadors and they're like talking about the, not just about why you should be at the conference. It's about dispensing, you know, tips, right? I think that this is a, um, it's not a quick fix. I I don't think it's like a, oh, let's like spin up this like small program where we get people together and, you know, pay their way and all this stuff like that. Yeah. It's a bandaid though, in my view, like the long, just like you did with bloggers, it required a, a network being built. It was easy for you because you were in it and you had friends and that was the initial seed of it, but you are entering a new chapter of this conference and entering a new chapter of the conference requires an investment in the new tactics that would draw the new generation of financial creators. And so what that looks like, would be a much more, I think, uh, holistic content strategy with YouTube and, you know, what is, what is, what is a, you know, what does content look like with short form and, and long form on the FinCon channel and other people's platforms? Um, you know, so it's like, I guess my, my tip is that you just can't ignore it anymore. Like there has to be, if you want FinCon to continue and if you want it to continue to be relevant, don't get me wrong. Like the other things that we were saying in terms of kind of structural changes that you could make to the value proposition, like is going to go a long way. Sure. And people think oh, I'm going to get paid if I go there. Like that's a big part of it. Right. But like the other part of it is like the advocacy. It's like the, oh, I, I look at FinCon as like not only helping me along my personal finance journey, but also helping me if I'm interested in this space, how I can create content and help other people. Um, maybe you have an accelerator where you help, you know, uh, fledgling, you know, TikTok and YouTubers like understand how to create compelling content, build community. Um, you know, maybe like all of those things would only make sense if like this is a strategy. Sure. You know, get busy helping them, being useful to them. I've run my course, Brandia Wizard, for the last you know couple of years. I've done. I'm going to be doing my tenth cohort now, and I'm even seeing a shift in terms of some of the types of creators that are enrolling. And I will definitely, I'm like, I'm not trying to stereotype anyone, but like creators who are coming up on TikTok, for example, have just a much different expectation about the speed of monetization, the speed of getting a brand deal, the speed of closing the deal than a blogger or a podcaster or a YouTuber or things like that. Right. I think part of it is because the not to like go into my get off my lawn moment, but like, you know, like back in the day when we started YouTube, like there was no partner program. You couldn't make money literally. Right. And so we had a a fundamentally different expectation about our content creation journey that it was like very much a hobby first, probably for you. It was like a side hustle. Right. And then you transition, but the creators coming up today, they don't have like, it's pervasive all over their feed, all their friends. It's completely normalized to monetize from day one. Yep. And so and the platforms are helping um, them do that immediately. So yes, yeah, exactly. And so, so that's why you have to understand the psyche of these types of people because they have a fundamentally different set, a different set of expectations than your blogger, the early attendees and bloggers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good perspective. Yeah. Okay. I could sense, I can sense in your face some impending dread or like walk me through your, what, what you're thinking right now. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, figuring out a way to build community and be useful to them 
is I believe in that. I 100% yeah. agree with you that that's that's the long-term strategy and that's the best strategy is because if we're not useful to them 24 seven, we're not going to be useful to them at an event and our event will slowly start to suffer because when they get there, even though our event is very peer driven, if the right peers aren't there and the peers on the platforms that we want, the new platforms aren't there, then, you know, there'll be a sense that we're not evolving. And so we want to always maintain that. Um, Yeah. Okay. One thing that I will say is that because I, I feel you're very mission driven, which is really amazing. And I think that approaching it from that perspective in terms of looking at like, what is restructuring our offering or restructuring the way in which we're serving our community? How does that change? Because we have this really intimate mission. It may, it may because you've done things a certain way for the last 10 years, there may be kind of a, a reckoning of sorts uh, with like maybe it means stopping certain things and maybe it means not doing certain things that we once did because they're not serving perhaps our community or, or frankly our business in the long run because at the end of the day it's a business right and so you have to you know the mission is important but at the end of the day you know if you're um, not able to make a livelihood from this um, like that can't be ignored right I also don't think you should like fall on your sword, I guess is the point, <laughs> you know? Um, yes, you've been this figurehead, you've been this nexus of the community for so long, which is amazing. But if you are to kind of thrive in the next chapter, that may mean making some tough decisions. Yeah, I like it. And we're not opposed to change. We're not opposed to evolving. And, uh, you know, COVID with events threw us for a big loop over the past couple of years. Yeah. We're coming out of that. Frankly, we thought we'd grow back faster. You know, and so that's kind of what's starting to make me have these conversations. It's like, oh, wait, where did the community go? Where did where have things have changed? You know, and how do we stay relevant? And all these all these questions are coming to my head. But uh, we're continuing to grow, but it's at a slower pace. And so I'd like to see that. um, I just know I know the potential because I know, again, I go back to FinCon being only as good as the idea that everyone sort of sees value in it and attends and sort of is a part of this collective. And so I just want to get them there, you know, out of curiosity, what is, what is the, what do you do at like the, the day that FinCon ends other than like taking a long nap? Like, what do you do with like, is there like a private membership, a community like aspect? Like what do you do for the rest of the year when you're not doing the conference is the question. So for a long time, pre COVID, we had a Facebook group that was fantastic for this. That's out of date at this point. And so we don't have our own platform. Uh, we do have the FinCon Marketplace, which is essentially a sub-affiliate network that folks can you know, interact with on a limited basis. We have our Facebook group, and that's pretty much it. We are in the process of acquiring a second creator event, which will be a spring event. So we'll have sort of a yin-yang, uh, not finance, it'll be in the travel space. Uh, but we'll be working with creators for both of those events. And so we're proud of our model with FinCon. We'll probably replicate it for this other event. But to your question, we don't really have a good, we used to be so good at this with our Facebook group, but it just, before you know it, I mean, it just felt like it just kind of went away so fast, you know? So we need to be looking, I know, at a a platform like school or circle or something to bring people Mm -hmm. into that we own, and we can drive content and community through that. So that's coming. Exactly. Um, yeah. But uh, so any suggestions there would be would be welcome. Or, or to don't acquire don't don't acquire the other conference until you figure that out would be my suggestion. Okay. Sorry if that's unsolicited because you don't want to extend yourself too far if you don't have this core piece of the business figured out. Sorry if that, no, <laughs> no. sorry if that's unsolicited, but like you know like. 
imagine if you had a really robust private community where there maybe even is a tier of, of it being paid. Like maybe there is trainings, there's accelerators, there's guest experts. You'll have me in there. I'll come to a session, you know, like value, like, you know, there, there's a, a place you have the, you, you, you migrate the affiliate marketplace or the, you know, that into, into whatever platform you have, like make this a destination uh, for people. Cause they don't, they, they need help throughout the whole year, not just for four days. Yep. Right. And so like, to me, that would be my absolute number one priority okay. is, is figuring that piece out. Okay. Um, truly fun. Like that, that is the biggest piece because then again, that becomes another tool in your arsenal to offer to sponsors as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bringing them in, having the head of small business at Amex come into a webinar, having a blah, blah, blah. There's so many different opportunities there to, to get people in. Another thing too, is that if all attendees who sign up for, for FinCon get access to a free portion of the community, for example, they now have a home base to see all your other offerings. So if you have a paid component, that's like a monthly membership, or you have other pro other offerings, right? You, you could start to rely on that, get um, a member database where you can use to pull from for brand opportunities if you were to pursue that agency model, right? So there's just so many pros I feel to like, you've already done the hard work of, of nurturing the community. <laughs> just get the people over to a place that's not Facebook that you own, that you have a direct connection with and start nurturing the heck out of that thing. I think things are going to be a lot different if you figure out that piece. Okay. All right. That's a good push. Yeah. Um, sorry. I was so forceful about no, that. No, no, that's just, good. You know, no, I, I, I feel it. I needed to hear it. Um, we've been dragging our feet on that piece for a while. So I, I believe it. Yeah. What was some of your big takeaways from the conversation, Philip? Um, big takeaways were to think hard about, uh, only sharing the deck in a bespoke way as you shared. Uh, to more of a limited number of partners, opening the marketplace up to all brands who we want there to interact with the community. Other takeaway is relation to the community. I just need to get them on our own platform and serve them that way on a 24-7 basis so that we're not just a four-day-a-year business, but we've got, uh, we've got ways to serve them on a regular basis. Which makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Well, I cannot wait to speak there. I'm so honored to be invited, and it's going to be a blast. And um, I'm really uh, optimistic and hopeful that uh, you'll be able to crack the code in the next, uh, you know, two months or so yeah. until the conference. Um, but uh, but thanks again, man. This was great. Hey, you're uh, you're still here. Well, that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. I got a really small ask, would you rate this podcast wherever you're currently listening to it? A friend of a friend told me that positive ratings are the number one way to help get your podcast in front of new listeners. So will you do me a solid rate it? And then you know what? Actually screenshot the rating, DM it to me at creator wizard. And in return, I will, you know what? I'm going to sing you a song of your choosing deal. I, and I used to be in a metal band and I'm classically trained in opera. So you're probably going to want to rate the podcast. Thanks again.